Welcome to Therapy Tea with Dr. Lisa C., a weekly podcast about all things mental health, positive mindset, and all things life brings us. Join your host as she brings you tips and tools to improve your mental health and optimize your life. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy. Now your host, Dr. Lisa C. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Therapy Tea. Uh, today, I have a special guest, one of my friends and colleagues, Jonathan. Um, and he's going to, we're just going to share about why we got into um, what we do. Um, he's a therapist, too. Um, and we just want to share our story um, so you all can know why we got into this profession. So, Jonathan, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Jonathan Caballero. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. I got my graduate degree at St. Edwards in Austin, and I've been practicing on my own for about two years now, while also working full time for a local program. So you were in Austin. I love Austin. Yes, I was there for about three years at St. Edwards. Oh, I wanted my son to go there, but he's at St. Mary's. In San Antonio. <laughs> in San Antonio, yeah. And San Antonio's a nice place, too. I like Austin, though. Yeah, it's great. I miss yeah. it. I know, I know. I want to travel anywhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's San Antonio. Anywhere would be nice. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to share our story. Um, I've been practicing for almost 20 years. Um, I'm old. Um, and, um, for those of you that don't know, I don't know if I've shared my credentials, but I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's in uh, rehab counseling, rehabilitative counseling, and then a PhD in psychology. I actually went to school at Our Lady of the Lake. That's where I have my bachelor's degree from. That's also in San Antonio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. San Antonio. So I love San Antonio, but yeah, it's a great city. Austin is nice. So, yeah, I've been practicing for that long um, in the mental health field, and I love it. I want to practice for that long, too. (laughs) You will. You will be. You're very young. You still have many years ahead of you. Well, yes, if we're lucky, (laughs) right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So what made you want to study psychology? Okay, so we're going to go all the way back into undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I, think like everyone, well, at least in my family, if you talk about going to school and then everyone says, oh, you should be in the medical field, you should become a doctor, right? Because everyone wants to be a doctor. So I started off pre-med and then I didn't like my bio classes at all and then around that time I I guess I was experimenting with other things going out with friends and I got into some trouble and then I was like maybe I should become an attorney and, and go into criminal justice and so I changed my major and then I was like 
it was just a situational thing. After a while, I was like, no, I'm not feeling it. What <laughs> am I, I doing? Yeah, like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Because, you know, I we're so young. I was like 18, 19, and you have to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And then I took an intro to psych class because it kind of would go with any of the majors. And I really, really liked it. So I, I just stuck with it. And I'm really glad that I did because I like learning about uh, people and how our minds work and personality development and, and things like that. And I would say as I continued down that path, like it was just interesting to learn more about myself. I think I just wanted to learn more about myself because I didn't have that chance really um, as an adolescent or whatever here growing up. Yeah. So I, um, kind of similar story. I actually was studying law. And so I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to go to, uh, to law school. Mm-hmm. And I remember I needed a psychology class, of course. Um, and it was full or I don't know what happened. It didn't fit my schedule. And so the only other course that I could fit in my schedule was abnormal psychology. And I took that class and I that's loved the, it. Yeah, that's my that was my favorite one too. I remember yeah. my professor saying, this is like the class that people think of when they think of psychology because they talk about all the diagnoses and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that class was really interesting to me too. I loved and it. I, I was like, this is exactly what, what I want to do. And I had some other sort of... I didn't know it at the time, but once I got into graduate school and in our first class, you, you really get to know all of your cohort because you just share so much and because you have to get to know yourself really well yeah. if you're going to be helping other people work through their issues, right? Yep. So part of the requirement was for us to go to counseling too. Mm-hmm. And See, a lot of people don't know that, that we are required to go um, mm-hmm. in grad school. When you're doing a grad program in counseling, we have to go to counseling. Um, and that's a requirement. And, you know, sometimes we, we've we never been to counseling, especially here in the Valley. I think we, we never grew up with... Um, I never, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to go to a therapist. Our parents, I mean, until this day, we still have a lot of that stigma attached to going to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't even imagine what it would be like to go to a therapist who's never been to therapy. I, I could imagine yeah. it would be an awful experience. It would. <laughs> yeah. And they so would know. during that, that time, like I realized how many missed opportunities I had, I guess, to kind of improve on myself while I was growing up like um, I guess like having sort of a I want to I don't the the word dysfunctional is kind of strong right but that's like the easiest word a kind of like a blanket term to describe things that go on I feel like everyone has some sort of dysfunction Dysfunction. in their family Mm -hmm. it could look differently to everyone but in my case it was pretty clear what it was like having uh, a father who was an alcoholic and and how that impacted the family dynamics and how we interact with other people and all those things like I didn't even consider had an impact on me growing up 
but yeah. I mean, those things do have an impact on, on you. So I, I've really like focused on, on that for a while, I guess in my graduate learning. Another thing like with alcoholism and, and substance use and things like that, that was like really interesting to me. And then the other thing revolved around gender and, and sexuality because I, I identify as a gay male and it took a long time to be comfortable and easy for me to say that, I guess, because we don't talk about our, our sexuality or yeah. sexual orientation or anything like, and I, I, I don't want to keep saying, especially in the Valley, especially in the Valley, but it's because it's such a unique place. It's like a sort of a bubble of sorts where it's really hard to progress. I feel yeah. like everyone who's sort of a free thinker or more liberal, they end up leaving and they take their thoughts with them and they don't come back. So yeah. it sort of stays the same. It's really kind of a stagnant um, place. I agree. The people that are, you're, you're right, more artistic or more, you know, liberal thinkers, it's, um, they do leave because it's so hard here in the Valley. And yes, we do. And I, I always um, say that too, especially here mm-hmm. in the Valley. And especially yeah, I, Valley. I find myself <laughs> saying that a lot too. I don't think we're exaggerating or Mm-mm. it's not well, like we're putting it in a negative light. It's just kind of the reality of the yeah situation. 93% of the population is Hispanic. And so mm-hmm. that alone, like the machismo is still so much alive. And I think, um, you know, because we think that things should be getting better, I think because we still have a lot of um, people from Mexico coming every year. Like, I feel like because of that, it never changes or it never gets, it does get better, but it mm-hmm. doesn't completely become more. Kind of like what you would see, like we're talking about Austin, like in a place like that where it's easier just to be who you are. Like you're, you don't get a lot of feedback from people saying to change. Like yeah. don't walk that way. Don't talk that way. You like your mannerisms need to change them because they're yeah. too feminine and they just kind of like, you live your life as long as you're not hurting anybody. All your relationships are consensual. You know, anything, that's okay. Just go ahead. Yeah. But. They're still yeah. very close-minded here in the Valley. The machismo mm-hmm. is still so much alive. It's gotten better, but we're still not where we need to be. And even with mental health, mental health and um, gender and just it's. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about how we got into mental health because I I get the perception or I get the feeling sometimes that people think that we have perfect lives a lot of the times and that we know everything, right? We no. have all the answers and all no. the skills. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always tell my patients, I, I learn from them because, mm-hmm. you know, every client or patient, whatever you want to call them, I I used to work at Tropical, so we called them patients and then just kind of stuck with me. So I call them patients, but clients, whatever we want to call them. But um, I, every client is different. Mm -hmm. And so there's no way that I could know everything or that we, or that we don't have problems in our relationships or that I don't yell at my kids. I tell my, (laughs) I tell my, 
my uh, teenage patients' parents, um, if I told you that I never yelled at my kids, I'd be lying to you mm-hmm. because I'm human. Do I have bad days? Do I get depressed or sad? Or yes, I always tell them that normal emotions, we can never get rid of sadness completely. We can never get rid of anxiety completely. Uh, We're human. That's definitely one of the first things like after, you know, building rapport and therapeutic relationship, I I get into because people want to come and they want to live every life perfectly. No no bad days, no sadness, no unhappiness. It's like, no, that, that's not the how this works. We're just helping you get through this and maybe build more skills. So next time you feel this way, you won't feel this way for that long or that intensely. And, you, yeah. you know, staying safe and things like that. Even with anxiety, that's kind of like sometimes it's just your personality. You worry a lot or you – and so you're right. We give them skills and techniques and tools and they vent and but does anxiety completely go away no mm-hmm. and I don't know about for for you but for for me like t- taking what I've, I've learned and what I've gone through regarding like my sexuality and exploring things like like that has led me to kind of find like a, a specialty of sorts I, I find myself driven to people who are kind of going through some similar things that I went through. And in graduate school, you get to listen to everyone's story as to why they're in graduate school for to become a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I had classmates who had eating disorders when, and they really struggled with their eating disorders. So now they want to be the person who helped them. Yeah, They want to be the therapist to help other people with eating disorders because they have been there. And then people who had really violent relationships, um, you know, like uh, domestic violence and things like that. So that's what they want to specialize in. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's worked for for me and people that I went to school with. I don't know if if that's the same for you or for people that you worked with as well. Yeah, it is um, because I think we can relate with them. And I think that when you haven't had anxiety there, it's so hard for you to understand and you can't fake it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the clients will pick up on it. And so if you're not genuine about, Oh yeah, I've been there or I've, you know, and, and self-disclosure I think is super powerful. It helps our patients so much, um, especially here in our, in, in the Hispanic culture, yeah, it's, like it's, why am I going to tell you something about me when you haven't told yeah. me anything about you? Don't, don't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important, and I think it builds rapport with the Hispanic culture. It just, they feel that they can relate, and I think it's super important in our culture to uh, for them to know that they can relate to you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, most. One of the assignments I guess we well not assignments I would say we had a lot of discussions about who you want to work with who you wouldn't want to work with what would be the most difficult for you and in every one of my classes that we had that discussion I always found myself saying that it would be really hard for me to work with um, with loss like grieving because Mm -hmm. 
my family was really young and they were healthy. So I never experienced like, like death. that loss, death. Yeah. yeah. And I even, I even, I can't say death sometimes still because oh. it's so like something that I'm still trying to work through. And my professors would be like, well, you need to work through that pretty quickly because even, <laughs> if you're gonna not, have- yeah, even if they're not coming to you for that, you're seeing someone and then they lose someone. So then it becomes that, right? Yeah. And so it was two years ago where I lost my, my nephew. And oh, so goodness. I started really exploring that more and I saw it. Like I saw what it did to my sister. I saw what it did to my family. And so like, I felt like I understood it finally, even though like it's a tragic thing. I was like, okay, now I, I can, I know where these people are coming from and I can meet them somewhere. Yeah. Even though and, it's not exactly how they feel, mm-hmm. but you at least know what, what the it, process is. What it can is do. Like. Yeah. What the process is. Even though you yeah. study it right? Mm-hmm. The different stages and things like that, how to support people through it as actually feeling it and, and, and witnessing it and experiencing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's definitely like one thing I appreciate about this field is that you're always learning something yeah. from either you're reading something or, or you're experiencing something in your own life that happens to relate to something your your client is going through. Yeah. So, so I like being able to, to do that bring in your own life experiences into the work. Yeah. I love that, that too about our job. And yeah, we, we learn from them as much as they learn from us. And then we can use that to help someone else, their stories, mm-hmm. their, you know, their, their pain, their, um, what helped them. I think we just learn from every single patient. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been thinking about that lately is that, we probably interact with way more people than the average person. So we have so many stories to pull from so many different experiences to pull from. And it, yeah, it helps other people. Like it's not always just coming from me. It's, and I'm pretty honest with, with my clients. Like, you know, I had this other client who went through something similar. Obviously we're not going to just say the names the name, and yeah. all of that, <laughs> Yeah. but sharing like a, enough of the story, not too much where they, feel like, you know, I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. that has been through this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, even though we always say, oh, it's our culture, it's like, this is how they are. You, you hear all these stories and it's like, wow, I didn't know that that would happen here. Or I didn't know that that could happen here. Or, you know, all these unique stories that Mm -hmm. are amazing and are, you know, ways that we can learn and we can get something from them too. Mm-hmm. learn from it's it's amazing we we have an amazing job i love what i do and i think um and i thank god every day that i get to do what i do and i think because we love it and we love to help others you know we we're good at it yeah you have to be passionate about it and i some people you can be the smartest person read every single textbook know all the theories but it still not be an impactful counselor or therapist. Yeah. You know, you really have to, I think people can pick up like if you care about their story or not, or if you're genuine. Yeah. Yeah. The genuine part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we, you know, there's a lot of time, a lot of people that'll open up their practice and then within a year or two they're gone. And 
I'm always like, how I, you know, I get so many calls. There's so many patients, so many people out there that need the help. But yeah, it's, it's people that aren't really passionate about helping others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, but I love what I do. And um, so during this pandemic, um, everyone, you know, the people that I was helping and I was doing the stress management and all that for my friends and family to minimize their stress, um, I would get a lot of people messaging me saying, how do you do it? How can you not be worried or stressed or and I'm like I I am I'm human like we're talking about yeah I'm like I am and so I shared a story with with them and I've been sharing that with with others um how I started kind of um getting sad because my son is in San Antonio so he stayed up there it was in April, in March and school was still on their the semester wasn't over but he's in a band and he was, they were going to tour with this amazing band that asked them to tour with them. And they had all these plans. Um, and so he was going to do that and he just stayed up there and he was going to come down in, in July and this month, but because it's so bad, we just told him like to stay there because we don't know how, you know, I can't get sick. I have an autoimmune disease. And, mm-hmm. and so it was just kind of so I told my my viewers or the people that listened to me, um, I had to find inspiration somewhere else, like people to motivate me. And so there's this this friend of mine. His name is Greg Centineo. He's uh, Noah Centineo's dad. I don't know if you know who Noah Centineo is. He's a Netflix star. He's oh, okay. um, um, an actor. And so he's super, super positive. And that's where I get my positivity. Like sometimes when I feel like I'm struggling and um, that's an easy way for me to find um, positivity and just, you know, and we have to remind ourselves too. everything we tell our patients, mm-hmm. we have to tell ourselves. Practice what you, what you preach. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I do, I do say things like that, you know, that. Yeah, I do get sad too, but like, how long am I going to be in that sadness and what am I going to do about it? It's not that I'm never going to be sad again. It's just like, I know I've developed these skills within myself to get myself out of that to where I can still experience the emotion, but it's not going to negatively impact my life or my impact to do my job or to function, you know? And I've found late, like throughout this, the pandemic is that everyone is having opinions about how you're living your life during this time. So everyone's kind of really anxious about what they can post on social media. If they can go visit with their friends, what other people are going to think about them. And, and I, I feel like that is really impacting a a lot of people in a really hard, hard way because you know, people don't. People didn't have to think that much about their decisions before, or where they wanted to spend their time. And now it's like everyone has an input. Everyone's judging everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I, for for me, I've had a couple of friends not understand because I, I I do take precautions and I am safe, but I I I have seen my friends, and that's like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> You're like, and what? it's kind of like we, 
I'm still work. I'm still working. I still see clients face to face. Not a, not as much as before. Some of them I have moved to online. So like one of my thing, one of my coping things has always been quality time with people that I love. Yeah. So it's like if I'm gonna hold space for for people that are my my clients that are, I don't know, like I I feel like I have the right to spend and hold space for other people in my life and. I never felt like I had to explain that to anyone, but I find myself having to do that now saying like, you know, well, this is what I do for work. And like, this is, I have to take care of myself. If I don't take care of myself, how am I going to take care of other people and things like that, that people don't seem to understand. But I would think other people like that do our work would understand that. And I actually have joined like a small group of therapists we meet up through zoom and kind of support each other throughout this time Good. yeah no it needs to happen i mean we need it we need to support each other but yeah it's it's crazy how you're right we we don't know what to post and even with um black lives matter and all that stuff it's just gotten so yeah every action is so political right now mm-hmm. and even in action, right? Even if you don't do something, it's like, well, you didn't do this, so you must think this way. Like you yeah. have to. There's no You're other Republican. option. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I, I, it's kind of saddening in a way because I, I think, I don't know if it's just how I felt, but that we were kind of going to a place where people were more accepting of different lifestyles, and everyone was kind of like, do your own thing, and. Now it's back to policing. Everyone's policing everyone else's behavior. And just, well, I guess to some extent it's necessary to keep people safe, but it's like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Everyone's judging (laughs) everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely been getting more calls lately. Yeah. It's so with me, it started um, when I when it back in March when this started, my calls were like I was getting a lot of calls and then it kind of just died down. I still get calls every day, but not the way it was right up right when the pandemic started. And recently, I think it's just becoming more and more again. So mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, people were OK and, for a little while. They're like, oh, my it's a pandemic we're all going to die. And then it's kind of like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And now it's like, okay, it is a big deal. This is not going away anytime soon. What am I going to do to get through this? And before COVID, we had a lot of external things to kind of base our lives on. Right. And now or distract us. And even though we didn't, maybe we didn't even think it was a distraction. Yeah. And now it's kind of like you're forced to look at yourself in the mirror and kind of work through all those things that you that you never had time for or even knew that you had to work through. Yeah, <laughs> because you're, you're blind. Just, mm-hmm, you're just, yeah. you're not working. Most people are not working. Yeah. Or they're working from home, working a lot less, and they don't know what to do with their time or all their thoughts in their head. <laughs> yeah, the more you 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 have the more time you have to not do anything the more your mind starts racing and starts thinking and 
the anxiety and also our habits. We don't realize we have habits. This is one thing that I realized because I was telling my patients, um, we develop habits. We're habit. We're creatures of habit. And so mm-hmm. we develop a lot of habits throughout our years that sometimes we don't realize they're habits. And so what I, back in like maybe uh, May, uh, May or June, about a month ago, I was feeling a little down and I knew it was because my son's not here and, you know, but I kind of worked through that, but I was kind of feeling like no motivation and just kind of, and so I had to stop and tell myself what would I tell my, my client, my clients. And so what I was telling them is look at your day before pandemic, look at your week. What is it that you would do? Mm-hmm. And And so I had to do that with myself. And I realized that I'm a huge music lover. Music has always been a part of my life. I played the flute from sixth grade all the way to college, like two years in college. So I, I, I love music. I've always loved music since I was young. My son loves music. So music is a huge part of my life, Mm -hmm. but I was, I wasn't listening to music because I listened to my music in the car in the On three the hours mm-hmm. of driving. <laughs> my three hours a day of driving. That was three hours a day, um, seven days out of the week. That was a lot of hours of listening to my music and it mm-hmm. gets me in the mood and it just kind of, I need it in my life. And so I realized that that's what it was. And so I just started putting my phone on when I was taking a shower and getting ready. And so that's my routine now. Mm-hmm. I, of course I meditate every day. That's another thing that I was, I was meditating, but I wasn't meditating as long because I was sleeping in a little bit more. And because, you know, our, our, our schedule is all messed up. <laughs> yeah. And so I like to meditate in the morning before anyone wakes up. And so I was sleeping in a little longer. By the time I was meditating, people were already awake. My husband was awake. And so it was a little louder. And it, it, I need quiet. And I need, you know, to be the only one awake to meditate. And so I had to start waking up a little earlier to do that too. So I did that. And, and that was what I was missing in my life. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up habits because they've been such a integral part of like m- my own personal journey and then also like with my work we had this large section of books that we could choose from in in school to read and and kind of do like a report on and I picked a book that was about habits and you don't think about how much of an impact they have even the smallest thing about like what time you wake up or what's the first thing you do in the morning and those are all habits but we don't think of them as habits and I have clients come in and they are so excited that they finally got to therapy and they met someone that they feel like they can do well with and they have all these goals. They want to change everything at once. I'm like, <laughs> let's start small, right? And those little changes end up becoming like big and significant changes in their lives. Mm-hmm. But I've found that to be really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not beneficial, like impactful like, Impact. like once yeah. they realize that you're not just BSing them, <laughs> that, that it really like little things like that make a big difference in, in the long run. Yeah. 
even like positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. When we start that and we start telling patients to start saying positive things, it becomes a habit that they don't need to say positive things. It's just, it becomes the mindset. And their thought, yeah. In their thoughts. And so there is no positive self-talk anymore. It's just they change their mindset. Yeah. And yeah, like what's the first thing you think about in the morning? Like people are like, well, I think about like, oh my God, I have to go to work again. (laughs) Oh my God, what am I going to do? I hope I don't, or with anxiety, I hope I don't get anxious today. Mm -hmm. I hope I have a good day or I hope, oh my God, I have all these things to do. And it's the first thing that you think of. And Mm -hmm. that's already putting that negativity in your head and just mm-hmm. I'm going to have a horrible day basically yeah I, I I find myself doing that a lot something that is kind of with each client is like can you tell me about your day like just tell me about a regular day when you wake up and just guide me through there until you go until you go to sleep and you learn a lot just from that they learn a lot just and they that. learn a lot too because they're telling you, but they, because it makes them think. And sometimes like with habits, we don't realize what we're doing until we kind of stop and think. And then we think, oh yeah, because habits become just, oh, because automatic, this is here. I know that I eat, you know, a cough drop or I eat my, I take my vitamins because they're on my desk or, mm-hmm. you know, and so you change that and you can change that habit and you can, you don't realize that you're missing something in your life that you used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I feel like we can do a whole conversation about habits. Yeah, we can. <laughs> self-talk. A lot of things, but. Um, anything else you want to, um, mention? Well, I mean, there's always something to say, right? <laughs> I, I think our career forever, right? Cause we love mm-hmm. it, especially when you love what you do. Yeah. I, I think for anyone listening out there that feels like they are different or they don't belong in regards to like their gender or sexual orientation or any part of their identity, just to, I want them to know that like that's, that they're okay the way they are. And like, if people that they're close to don't seem to understand that there is someone that is willing to listen. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit of hard work to find that person. Yeah. Do you want to plug in your um, phone number and address in case anybody? <laughs> I don't have my address on me, but or we I can. Put it, I can put it on the description. Yeah, yeah on the maybe we can do that. Yeah, because you are accepting patients, clients. Yes, but only very little. Okay. I only have space for a handful. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you have a full time. <laughs> your hours aren't available yeah. not available all the time yeah yeah but i'm hoping to to get there mm-hmm. you will eventually you will baby steps yes jonathan again thank you so much for sharing your story and joining me today um if anyone has any questions as far as what you um 
need to study to become a therapist or you're thinking of becoming a therapist, let us know and we'll be glad to answer any of those questions for you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at Dr. Lisa Cortez and online at www.drlisacortez.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, remember, healthy mind, healthy you.